Hello and welcome everybody to the second episode of the We Call It Soccer Show. I'm Walter Manning, driver, my guy, transfer aficionado, United superfan, owner of the club, in fact, and if he was a soup, it'd be French onion. Michael Fay, how you doing, bud? Great, great, uh, great first weekend. Excited for the rest of the season. Excited for the show. Yeah, yeah. Excited for the next episode of the show. Great games this weekend. Lots of lots of goals scored. Lots to talk about. But before we dive into that, we're going to let you guys know how we did on gambling. For picks that we told you guys about, six for eight this weekend, just under 20% of your bankroll. So if you bet $100 on each game, then... 20% of that times eight. That was bad math. I've been drinking a little bit. It's all right, though. <laughs> we told you guys that Chelsea was going to win. We told you Liverpool was going to win. The Sheffield under. The Newcastle under. Um, Southampton and Spurs, they messed us up. So uh, not great over there. But that's what we're here to talk about today. All right. To kick off the weekend, we saw Arsenal beating Fulham, newly promoted side, three to zero. Uh, any any key takeaways from that game? Uh, yeah, you know, I'll start with Arsenal. They looked really good, uh, given it is Fulham team that will go down. Uh, they still look great. They had thirteen shots, six on target. You know, um, they did create three big chances in the game, which is huge, and they passed ninety percent. So you look at those numbers, they played really, really well. Willian and Gabrielle played absolutely outstanding in their debuts. Willian was a great addition to this team, uh, especially on a free. It doesn't get much better than how he played. But you look at the other side, you look at Fulham, uh, not, not good. Not good is the only thing you can say about that. That back line, Tim Ream especially looked like he had no idea what he was doing out there. Couldn't clear a ball that led to the first goal. Um, you know, maybe that'll change if Alfonso Areola gets some playing time, which I think he should. Maybe that'll help sure him up, give him a couple more saves back there. But I don't really see much hope in this team. And the transfer window is still open. So maybe they make a move. Maybe they don't. But I didn't like how uh, Fulham played in that game at all. Maybe Arsenal is just too, too much uh, better than them. That was more class, more talent, but not a good start to the team or season for them. Yeah, not at all a good start for Fulham. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, looked great. Gabriel grabbed a gab, grabbed a goal in his debut. That's always good. Uh, Aubameyang picked up right where he left off, tearing down the left side, uh, cutting in on those little pockets of space. Uh, it's, it's a really good thing that, that Arsenal do. Uh, Lacazette, he'll often uh, hold up play at, in the middle of the field, drag back a defender, and it really opens up that space for Aubameyang. And... Uh, it, it, it's great that he signed a new deal with them as well. Mm-hmm. I agree that they, they looked really good, but on the other hand, Fulham looked really bad. Uh, I, I guess the saving grace for Fulham is Areola could, could pick up play for them, you know, keep a few of those goals out. Maybe the Lacazette's goal doesn't get scored because that was a bit of a clusterfuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Robinson didn't start. So, um, that that's probably why they lost all. And all. Yeah, yeah. There's another American on the field, and his name wasn't Tim Ream because he he's not good at at football, soccer. He's not good at soccer. Not good at anything. No. 
But yeah. Anthony Robinson maybe could have saved the day for him. Probably not, but all in all, great start for the Gunners. As painful that is to say. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta eat some crow on that one. <laughs> all right. The next game that happened. Um, what's this keeper's name? Guaita? Yep. Guaita. Oh, my God. Drug test that man right away. Drug test him right away. He was making saves left and right, pulling him out of his ass. Uh, Southampton was able to win the possession battle 71% to 29%. Uh, they, they shot more shots, put more on target, had more dangerous chances. But at the end of the day, a game of soccer can be decided by one moment. Wolf Saha grabbed an early goal. And then Palace continued to park the bus, 10 people in the back. It was uh, not a fun game to watch, to be honest, because Southampton couldn't break it down for the life of them. That midfield looked like it lacked leadership. It lacked a dangerous player in there. Nathan Redman, his usage rate, his usage rate to uh, what he actually does with the ball at his feet, it's terrible. He, he, it felt like I was just watching him dribble around and pass it backwards every time he got the rock. Danny Ings didn't get enough service. And uh, n- not encouraging stuff from, from Southampton, to be honest, because they, they were going at Palace the whole game and really didn't get much anything done. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, Danny Ings, it's more service. Yeah, I think that's where Southampton needs to improve. They need to get him and Che Adams more involved in the game if they want any hope at winning games with that type of possession, I mean, you, you got to at least get one goal. And mm-hmm. on the other hand though, Danny Ings does need to be more clinical. He only had two shots, both were on target. And based on his um, record from last season, you would expect against the team of palaces uh, size of their quality that he would have netted one of those, but it is only two shots. So you can't really put much on them, but Southampton definitely need to give them more chances. Palace actually created with much less possession, created more big chances and had more corners in them. So whatever they had of the ball, they did that really well. They took, didn't take care of it because they didn't have much of it, but they used it well. And yeah, Vincente Guaita, what, what a game for him. My man of the match, five saves and a clean sheet. Two huge saves, game-changing saves. Mm-hmm. It really stood on his head today or during the game. And uh, just great performance from him. Uh, he is the reason that Palace was able to walk out of there with any type of points. So good on him. Great start for Palace, bad start for Southampton. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Danny Yang's got to be more clinical. Um, <clears throat> although it's a great save, uh, that, that header was honestly weak. It was very weak. You should have put that away if you're if you want to be a top class nine getting your England call up again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Put it right back into the middle of the goal. It's yeah. You you gotta you gotta do better than that. Absolutely. All right. Next, uh my favorite game of the weekend. Everybody's favorite game of the weekend. How could you not be on the edge of your seat this whole time? Liverpool four, Leeds United three. Take it away. Yeah, uh, you put it perfectly. Everyone's favorite game. I mean, five goals at the half-hour mark. 
if you think soccer doesn't have scoring, I would, anyone you know that thinks that, show them this game and just say, just give me half an hour and their mind will be totally fixed on what these two teams are capable of. I mean, is Leeds really this good? Scoring three goals past champions? Or is this really the downfall or the beginning of the downfall of Liverpool allowing a side that just came up to put three past them? Because you look at it, Salah did have a hat trick, took his second goal brilliantly, the top corner, amazing, and took both of his penalties very well, but still two penalties in order to beat a relegation side. I mean, you got to score them, but if this was another team in red from Manchester that had two penalties and one by a goal, everyone would be screaming that uh, they weren't good enough. So, and then Bobby Firmino, I mean, how many chances are you going to give this guy to miss? It's, I, I don't know. He's not a striker. He's a center defensive oh, midfielder. Mean. And it's just, it shows, it showed it all last season. He can't score in front of the crowded Anfield. Can't score without a crowded Anfield. And it's just something that I think Liverpool needs to address. Uh, you know, Mane was locked up by uh, the Leeds right back. I think his name is Ailing. Uh, he had a great game. But Mane was locked up, and to be able to contain someone of Mane's quality with that pace, that technicality, the skill, is a real tough job, and he did it well. But then on the other end of the field for Liverpool, we had Allison, who probably, in my opinion, one of his worst games in a Liverpool shirt, just couldn't save anything for his life. And then Virgil van Dijk, I actually have a stat about this one that I love. Since uh, 2018, the start of the 2018 season, no outfield player has made more mistakes leading to goals than Virgil van Dyke. And what? Yeah. It's a little mind blowing the way people talk. Yeah. It's only three. It's only three, but to be that world-class center back that everyone's talking about, to be the best center back in the world that everyone says, I don't see Ramos doing that. You know, I don't, I didn't see Maguire doing that. I didn't see those people doing that, but you see van Dyke doing it. So I definitely think this back line's a little weak for Liverpool. I mean, Trent can't play defense either. Andy's probably the most solid player on that back line, and Gomez did fairly well. But yeah, that, that back line looks like a problem. But uh, Leeds, they can't, they, they played well. You know, uh, this wasn't a reg, I keep saying that Liverpool only won by a, a goal to relegation or a team that just came up, but they're not a regular team that just came up. You have an excellent manager and great tactics that were executed to perfection. And they played with no fear, with absolutely no fear. And uh, if they keep doing that, they're going to win a lot of games. And Jack Harrison was my standout guy for Leeds. He played really well. Great goal. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Leeds have to do this rest of the year. And uh, they can do this against the champions. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh I'm with you on Bobby Firmino not being all that he is. That Van Dyke stat, absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. The guy that really stood out to me also was, was you mentioned him earlier, Ailing. Not only did he lock up Mane, every time they went on attack, he was bussing down the right side. This yeah. man m- must have ran the most in the game. I wish I had that on hand right now. But he was up and down the pitch all day, all day long. Um, uh, uh, the the Klitsch goal when they just played it through, through Liverpool, 
there was at the top of the box and they played it out wide. This man came running from like 40 meters back. Uh, Fabinho and, um, and Wayne Alden had a chance to check him, but they didn't. And uh, it, it, what a goal, what a goal. And, and yeah. you, said, you said it perfectly. Leeds plays with no fear. They were taking dangerous passes, risking the biscuit every single time they had the ball. And uh, that that's the way you got to play if you want if you want to get respected and you want to and you want to stay up in this league. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm with you all the way. They look like a team that that's serious. If they can do this against the the former champs, they can really put them on their heels. Then they can do it against almost any team. And maybe it's not going to be consistent week to week, but when Leeds is on their game, uh, not many teams are going to be able to compete with these guys. To be honest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, moving to the next game of the weekend. Uh, more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. A lot of back and forth. We're talking about West Ham 0, Newcastle 2. Uh, Callum Wilson scored on his debut. That's always a good thing. And then Jeff Hendrick put away the dagger in the 87th. Uh, West Ham was able to control possession and go at Newcastle for the majority of the night. But uh, they created the same amount of shots, similar amount of shots on target. And at the end of the day, Newcastle was just more clinical in front of net. Um, that being said, I, I'm not too impressed with, with either team. It, was, uh, it, it took a while for anyone to get on the board just because, honestly, so many shots were being shanked. They had chances, yeah. both teams did. And uh, a bunch of shots went wide. A bunch of shots went wide. Uh, it could have been more goals in this game. Uh, Newcastle was lucky to get the two that they did. And for that, they get the three points. Yeah. Yeah. Newcastle did, uh, they were able to put away their chances and, um, they each had 15 shots apiece. But like you said, Shanks left and right. West Ham only had three shots on cage to Newcastle's two. So it comes down to being clinical. And one big thing that I missed out on, I don't know if he's coming back from injury and they're easing him back in, but Felipe Anderson, I don't know why he only came on in the 89th minute. Um, you know, that's, he's their best player. He's their best creator. I think he should have been on the field for much longer, unless, like I said, injury or anything, but I think he could have been able to change the game because he does have that quality. And then on the Newcastle side, I think it's pretty promising that they were able to, you know, get this win, especially with the way that uh, St. Maximum played. He didn't play to the potential that he's capable of playing to, in my opinion. And to be able to still get a win against a team you're going to be fighting for points against come season's end without him playing to the way he can, I think that's a good sign for this team. And uh, I think they're going to still be in the relegation fight. This doesn't change much, but if they can all be clicking, like Jeff Hendricks or Hendrick had a great game, goal and an assist. So uh, if they can all click, I think Newcastle has a real solid chance, you know, fight to stay up this year and maybe just stay up with a couple games left and not have to worry about it. But, but pretty, pretty weak game. But yeah, Hendricks was my man of the match by far. Yeah. Fair, fair assessment on Hendricks and yeah. Uh, same Maxman not playing up to his potential and them still getting three points. That's, that's obviously a good sign, but uh, that Newcastle backline looked uh, very shaky. Uh, yes. And they, they're honestly lucky that West Ham is filled with a bunch of boofers up front. Yeah. Because uh, more quality on that team, it's it's a multiple goal affair. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. Next game on the weekend was West Brom losing zero to three against Leicester City. Um, it went into the half tide, but Leicester got away with three points. What do you think? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> pleasantly surprised by uh, Leicester today. They played pretty well. Um, they controlled sixty-five percent of the ball. They outshot West Brom thirteen to seven with seven on cage. Uh, they did score two penalties. Vardy took them both brilliantly. I mean, this guy gets older, he gets more clinical. He loses a step in pace. He gets an extra foot for a goal. I mean, I don't know if this guy will ever stop. Two a nice brace today. And that first penalty, like I was saying, scraped the inside of the post. Couldn't have placed it better. Um, and then was able to convert the second one as well. The one thing I think Lester needs to do a little bit better with the guy like Vardy up top, uh, the long balls, that was their game. Like when they won the title a few years back, that was their game, sending long balls up to Vardy and letting him run, letting him chase. And they're only able to complete 45% of them. And uh, I don't really think if they want to be at their max potential, that completion percentage needs to uh, come up a little bit. But they did do all this with James Madison on the bench for basically the entire game. So they look promising. It was a promising start in the West Midlands forum. But, uh, yeah, on West Brom, they're going down. Uh, they gave yeah. up two penalties. One of them was a boneheaded move. Uh, it's You can't give up two penalties against a team that much better than you and expect to walk out of there with any type of points. Um, and another thing, they're forced to take bad shots. Fifty percent of their More than 50% of their shots, four out of seven, came from outside of the box. And they only had one shot on target all day. So... <sighs> I don't really, I don't really equate that to much. But if you're not able to break teams down consistently, get shots in the box, good high percentage looks, you're not going to score many goals. And they couldn't dribble at all. Only 25% of dribbles in the entire game for West Brom were completed. So every three out of four times they tried to progress the ball on foot, they lost it. You can't do that and expect to win or expect to even get a point. I mean, Vardy's my man of the match. Uh, had to be him. Had to be him. But. Not looking good for West Brom and looking pretty good for Leicester. Yeah, uh, well, what a start to the year for Leicester. Um, it took honestly, man, it, it took a while for them to start breaking down West Brom because mm-hmm. they they were just clearly outclassed by Leicester. They didn't even try and go for the game. They, I mean, they they couldn't try and go for the game. So you know, no no halftime. But uh, what a debut by Castagne. I think he yeah. did a good job defensively, and I think he provides some extra some some extra width and attacking presence on that right side. Iozzi Perez won't get all the attention going forward with him bombing up there. Um, James Madison subbed on, and it was impressive that they were able to get this win despite that. Yeah, uh, you gotta think going forward that he's gonna start, and either they're just gonna gonna get more threats up top. Mm-hmm. Um, not not much else for me for that one. Uh, yeah, West Brom is going down. Yeah, they, uh, they 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 really look like they have no business playing a team like Leicester. No. Leicester's a really good team, but uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess you can't really write them off until they play another team that's probably going to be fighting for relegation. But uh, this was not a good sign at all, and they, they got Everton this week. So good luck. Yeah, good, good luck. luck. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Toffees against Tottenham Hotspur, it's 
Spurs lost this game zero to one behind the goal of one Dominic Calvert Lewin. I, I won't. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I uh, this wasn't the best watch for me. I wasn't too too entertained. It was two defensive-minded teams going up against each other. But that being said, uh, Spurs were trying to pull off a pull off a nice aggressive high press. They they, they had a compact block in behind them, but at the end of the day. Uh, that midfield and Hyungming Song and Harry Kane and Matt Doherty, they could not get the ball off these Everton players. They were playing – it was, it was too easy for them almost. Allen playing it out to Hamas, keeping it away from everybody on the wing. Hamas, what a game by him. I mean, it, it's like he had a magnet on his foot. It, it, he was just toying with these guys at, at a certain point. Uh, that Tottenham midfield – doesn't look very threatening at all. That being said, no Lo Celso in this game, but oh my gosh, it, it just, they could not play through Everton at all. Yeah. And the little chances that Spurs did get, uh, they, they boofed them. They boofed them. And after they boofed them, the body language of the team just looked like a bunch of bitches, to be honest. Young yeah. was bitching every time. Kane was yelling at everybody. Doherty, I think he's just doing his own damn thing. He th- he thinks he's still at Wolves and he has a solid back three and behind him, he's fucking out there playing wing. Like, no, <laughs> you cannot <laughs> do this and leave Young Vertonghen on that island. Richarlison boofed, but he he oh. could have exposed them all game on that. Yeah. And uh, you know, Eric Dyer, he's not the most physically imposing guy. But neither is Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and oh my God, he just got fucking mossed. That was yeah, that was bad. He flew. That was bad. Yeah, he got, the kid got bunnies. Kid got bunnies. <laughs> Your takeaways? Uh, yeah, um, great game from Ancelotti and his men. I mean, they had a plan and they executed it to a T to perfection. He, you don't say this much about the guy, but Mourinho was out. Was out. Out played tactically i guess i don't know how to put that but ancelotti's tactics were perfect and got him down to where he needed to be um you know and james what a debut great debut uh he passed 84 percent. he won 12 duels as an attacking midfielder so he's getting in there three interceptions two tackles from a guy who's going to be your creator and then he got allen behind him who had another very solid debut controlled that middle ball winner absolute ball winner ran around the pitch four lungs great debut from him I think and uh another thing that stood out for Everton for me was the ability to play the long ball to switch the field uh Hamas picking out Digne and Richarlison from right to left completely opened up Spurs defense like you said Doherty nowhere to be found nowhere to be found because he's still attacking so I don't really know uh Spurs got to figure that out. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, Everton was able to expose that. If Richarlison wasn't missing every shot he took, <laughs> then he, this game could easily have been three nothing from the amount of good looks he got. And that the goal, I mean, the leap, the header, just perfect placement, and then what a ball! What an absolute ping of a ball! A dart from Dinier from a free kick. The bend on that, just right onto his head. He, you couldn't you couldn't paint a picture that beautiful. And uh, they they just really outclassed Spurs in all uh, facets, in my opinion. And then, but 
for the Spurs, uh, I don't know if this is good or bad. When Mourinho took off Alley at halftime, they got much better. They got much better. Their midfield was able to control the ball a little bit more. They were losing the possession battle for 51 to 49 in the first half and then ended up coming out on top in the second half. Not by much, it was only 54%, but they were still able to come on top. Their midfield held it down in the second half, much better than the first. Lucas Mora played terrible. Harry Kane should have had a chance, but Son decided to give it to Alley, who Pickford made a great mm-hmm. save. Pickford stood on his head again. My man of the match right there. Clean sheet, just controlled his back line with a plum. And it's his best outing in a while for England's current number one. But Spurs need to play better. They need to play better. I had them at uh, third in the table last episode. They're going to play like this. I may add a one in front of that three. I mean, they they need to play better. They really do. Yeah, not a lot of encouragement from the Spurs debut. Uh, they, they didn't look threatening. They, they, they misplayed passes in the final third, like you said. And it's not like they didn't have chances to put away goals. They did, but yeah. they didn't. So uh, that'll make the difference in, in where you finish on the table by miles. Oh, yeah. All right, next, a team that, I'll be honest, I, I, I was doubting them a little bit, given the signings, but um, holy shit, they look good <laughs> this weekend. I ain't going to lie. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers on the road beating Sheffield United 2-0. Um, they put this game away super quick. Uh, the first goal was a beautiful cross in from Podence. Jimenez puts it top of the drawer, just taps it ever so slightly. It, it was it was finesse personified. And then the second goal, wonderful cross in from the quarter. Roman Seiss, the big man, just comes in flying, puts that header top of the net. Keeper didn't have a chance. Uh, on the Jimenez goal, I think... I think Dino Henderson might save that. I think Dino Henderson might save that. So the, that, that loss has already shown its ugly head. Then after they got up two goals, Nuno and the boys packed it in. That midfield got deep. Those wingers were helping out. Adama Troy was providing some width on the end, but also tracking back to, to guard crosses to the, to, the, to the other side. And um, Sheffield had more possession after that, but that's because Wolves let them have it. The, the, there's really no chance that they were coming back and winning this game, in my opinion, or even getting a point out of it. Uh, well, what a start for Wolves. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, what a start for Wolves. You know, like you said, team that we definitely counted out, uh, but they played really well. I mean, they won 2 nothing, and I didn't see much of this game. Uh, it looks at stats and everything, but... What I did see was Raul Jimenez missing a sitter. And <laughs> so even I'm not saying they played bad because I didn't see most of it, but if they were able to miss chances like that and still win 2 nothing, I think that speaks volumes to what they were able to do for the rest of the 90. And, um, you know, they did have three big chances and converted, converted one of them. So, you know, 34% on that's pretty good. Um, they dribbled well. They completed a good percentage of long balls and crosses. So, they played their game. You know, you didn't know how they were going to come out. They came out strong. They came out wanting a three points. They came out wanting to win. And you can't say the same for Sheffield. Um, like you said, the ugly head of Dean Henderson leaving is going to keep popping up for this team. Aaron Ramsdale, he left a team that he got relegated with. And there's that's a huge downgrade. 
huge downgrade. Henderson controlled the back line last year and made some incredible saves to keep them in games and win them games. And they don't have that shot stopper, that distributor from the back anymore. So it's going to be a tough season for Sheffield. It really is. And this is a team where at the beginning of the year, you look at Wolves, Sheffield, you'd kind of put them in that same echelon, you know, fighting mid table. And if they're going to get outclassed by a team that a lot of people think they're on par with, that's not a good sign. Maybe it's a blip. I don't think it's a blip that like we keep going back to it, but Henderson leaving is huge for this team and we got to see if they can bounce back, but good start from wolves and their wonder kid, Fabio Silva, the young, the youngin didn't even play. So got a lot of talent. Hope that didn't even play. So a lot of talent on this team and wolves. Great start. Great start. Not much else you can say about it. They played really well. Yeah. Good three points for wolves. Um, I'm actually watching some of the highlights right now. Sheffield hit post once, but still, uh, <laughs> not, not much going on in this attack. It seems like they're just playing long balls, hoping they can get on the end and taking yeah. low percentage shots. And Wolves is a very good defense to break down, but uh, it, it, they really had no success doing that. Yeah, I agree. All right, next we got um, Brighton 1, Chelsea sponsored by three they scored three three points uh there might have been three debuts i'm not i'm not sure havertz no only one oh. debut i lied no two <laughs> uh werner played oh werner all right yeah two yeah. debuts so close um close well what do you think about them how'd they look um they look they looked okay you know most of them played really well uh Jorginho had a great game werner his speed this guy is fast. He makes great runs off the ball. He's going to be a problem for a lot of defenses at the number nine spot. And he's going to, he's going to score a lot of goals this year. They look good. On the other side of that, though, Mason Mount and Kai Havertz. Oh, my God. Did they play bad? <laughs> I mean, on the internet, you see like this. They're the same player. They're the same player. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, it's, they occupy the same spaces. When Ziyech goes, occupy the same space. You're going to have three guys in the same space, and two of those guys played terrible in their first game together. So you got to see how that's going to, you know, what's going to happen there. But, you know, Werner played well. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I mean, this guy's Chelsea is Jesse Lingard. Everyone thinks, oh, no, give him a chance, give him a chance, give him a chance. Guy's 26. He's not a kid anymore. He's not past it. He's entering his prime. And what has he done? He's done jack shit. (laughs) So I, I don't know what, what they're doing there, but a standout performance from Reese James, absolute rocket, absolute banger, Mm -hmm. sublime finish from him. And he had a great game. My man of the match right there. But then another problem that we talked about, Keppa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? I, you you got to keep clean sheets if you're playing against teams like Brighton. And, and Chelsea is in talks for another goalie from France, but they're, the Kepa needs to be moved out of that goal if they want any chance at competing for the title. And, you know, Thiago Silva didn't play, and their defense only allowed one goal. So good for them, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's Chelsea looked good, kind of. Missing Pulisic hurt a lot. I think that'll change when he comes back. But, uh, yeah, Brighton's just not in their class. 
so you couldn't expect much, much from them. But Lampetti played really well. I think that was the lone bright spot for Brighton in this game. Uh, what are yours? What's your take on this one? Uh, yeah, I agree. But it it was did not only hurt Chelsea. It was sad to see Pulisic suffer a yeah. quote step back with his injury. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie, that's starting to worry me a bit. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, Kai Havertz did not look good at all in his debut. Mason Mount doing typical Mason Mount things. It's like these guys just swing their leg at the ball. It looks like they know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. There's really nothing menacing up there. Um, Loftus Cheek. I I. I I can't even explain like what this guy was doing. He was playing like a hold up nine, I guess. Like they're just kind of launching the ball to him and play it all. I, I don't know. He's big, I guess. Yeah, that's what that, you got that going for him. I, I guess. That's uh, about it. Zuma scored a goal off a deflection. Uh, you know, I guess good job for keeping keeping one goal to Brighton. But it uh, seems like these guys do more on the attacking end than they do defensively. Um. Adam Lallana went down in his first game with his new club. Real sad to see. Uh, get get well soon, but that injury bug is really nagging him. All in all, though, Chelsea looks like they, they're basically going to pick up where they left off. They look like they're going to be an exciting team. Kepa, still an issue. They need to address that ASAP. But, um, again, I'm going to stick by this. I, I still... I still don't think that they're going to be good enough to finish in a Champions League spot. Uh, their their defense is just not good enough. And at the end of the day, they got outpossessed by Brighton. And there's just no need for that. You you have you spent so much damn money this summer. You should be you should look like City. You should be going at these teams, eighty percent to twenty percent, ripping twenty shots a game with ten on target. The keeper needs to do all that he can, and they just need to sit back with 10 men and defend you. If that's how much you're going to spend, that's how good you need to be. And uh, I, honestly, I was kind of underwhelmed by, by their debut. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Frank, uh, Frank, Frank, coach him up, coach him up kid, mm-hmm. but he won't. So yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's a fun game though. It's a fun game to watch for sure. Reese James. Yeah. Absolute rocket as well. Yeah. Don't want to, don't want to forget about him. All right. Now we are going to present our winners and losers of the week. This can be a player. This can be a manager. This can be a whole team. This can be a referee in some cases. Uh, Fahey, who won the week for you? The winner of my week is none other than Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, outcoached Mourinho. Outmanaged Mourinho. His tactics and management of play styles with new players to him. Keep in mind, he has played with James for at multiple clubs, but new players to him, not much time for them to train together and just played a great game. He got the best out of his players in the first week. And that's that's tough to do with a whole new midfield. So I think uh, I think he definitely won the week for me. Everton are looking good. He's looking good. James is looking good. He's got that team running well. So he's my winner. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a that's a great pick. Uh, that look, man, that was one of the picks we got wrong, and yeah. uh, that's thanks to Ancelotti. That was that was a great game by by the Toffees. Yep. My winner for the week is uh, I'm definitely gonna have to go with Leeds United as a whole. 
Because you can point to the manager and you say, Bielsa, he, he came in with a tactical masterclass, and he did, to, to be able to, to counter Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's aggressive style of play, their relentless pressing, and their midfielders that just run all across the pitch. It, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And Leeds United announced themselves back to the Premier League in astonishing fashion. They, they kicked the doors down. They were scoring goals. They, they didn't get any points out of the game, but they let everybody know that they're here and they're here to play. They're here to play good soccer. So um, I, I got to go with that whole, that whole club as a, my winners for the weekend. Yeah, I love that pick. Great pick. As for who lost the weekend, I have a player lost the weekend. I actually sent you this clip on Instagram. Uh, someone that I was high on because Mourinho wanted him. I'm talking about Kyle Walker-Peters getting put in a fucking body bag by Eberichi Ezzy. Like, great move by Ezzy. It was, it was filthy. Like, I didn't even know you could juke like that with a soccer ball at your feet. It was, it was sick, nasty. But, oh, my God, he took his soul. He turned him all the way around, and then he tried to tackle him, and he missed. Oh, my God. Like, he, it was it – was, I ain't seen someone get done up like that in a while. So, Kyle Walker-Peters, you lose the weekend for me. Yeah. Uh, your ankles are probably still at Selhurst Park. Go find them, bud. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, he almost got a red card, too. Had to go to VAR to overturn it. Yeah. So, he, not, not a good week for the kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, so my loser, I'm sticking with the manager theme. And this one, it's, to be completely honest, absolutely shocked me. And I'll get to why it did. But I'm picking Scott Parker, the Fulham manager. On, on the surface, yeah, 3-0. Arsenal, terrible start to the year. Didn't make any adjustments. Couldn't make any adjustments, I guess. But this is a quote from him in the postgame. I know we are going to lose three or four games on the bounce, but we cannot let that pile up and affect the morale. I, what manager what? comes out and says after week one, when you're back in the Premier League, that you're going to lose three or four games on the bounce? And, and that it the, the, you, know, you know what their, their schedule is, right? They got Leeds and then Villa. I, wow. Who are you going to beat that? <laughs> I... I Something like that coming from your manager. If I'm in that locker room and I hear that, what the hell? Like, thanks for having the confidence in us. Like, you tell it oh not God. to affect our morale. It already has affected your morale, and you've lost one game. You've yeah. lost one game. I. That's shocking. After you lose like that to a team, you come out and say something as ridiculous as that, it, hold this L. Like, hold this L. Like, you yeah. – I just shocked. You deserve it. Yeah, that's uh, oh my god, that's uh, how long till they get sacked? Uh, no, I not soon enough. That's that is ridiculous for Mitch. Yeah, you're not a good team, but you don't you don't tell the reporters you're not a good team. Like, come on, after one game, you never know. What if you go out and win three or four on the bounce? You look like an idiot. So, but I'm sure he wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> wow, yeah, that was that, um, that's my loser. That's my big loser. Wow, that's that's just some sad shit. Just just conceding already, and, and when you got when you got a newly promoted team next week, and a team that stayed up by a by a goal that wasn't a goal after that, you know, lose three or four on the bounce. Yeah. Ooh, all time high. All right. Um, now we're talking about some transfer updates. You're the man for that. 
you know more than Fab does. Fab don't got shit on you. You're so in the know. You don't know what's going on. Tell tell me some tell me some transfer updates. What's going on in the market? Yeah, so um, a couple of big big updates out of uh, England in the last couple hours. We see that Tottenham has officially put in a bid for Sergio Relegion, the left back who was on loan at Sevilla from Real Madrid last season. Uh, this is huge because the last couple of days it's been all United. United are going to get it done. United are in negotiations with Madrid. The player wants to come. Still no word officially of an official bid from United. It's all United won't accept the buyback clause. But it looks as if Spurs have put in, put in an official bid and are willing to put a buyback clause in. So United have competition right there. And that could spell trouble. That could spell trouble for United and great get by Spurs. Great get, super attacking. I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out based on the last game with Doherty flying up. You know, really on loves to fly up. It's going to leave that back line exposed, but great player, young player, uh, insane talent. So, and Mourinho, the best defensive coach there is. So if he's going to learn from anyone, learn from him, but just not good news for United and sticking with Tottenham, they're in contact with Madrid, no official bids or anything. There's still kind of rumors, but uh, they're looking at a return for the one, the only PGA pro, Gareth Bale. They're looking to bring this guy back to London and nothing imminent, nothing solid on it yet, but that's been tossed around. And I think that would be great. I think that would be a great fit for both players and Madrid get him out of that team but it would be a loan deal so uh we'd see how that plays out but yeah Tottenham Madrid look to be making uh some big big talks big talks so I want to keep an eye on that one that's that's kind of it for what's going on in the Premier League you know you got the, the Sancho deal that's been going on for what seems like six years all that kind of stuff but yeah uh so we'll see. And then, you know, on non-transfer but signing news, Aubameyang did just sign. Fabrizio yep. confirmed. Good deal. Both sides. He's happy. Arsenal's happy. They have their best players locked up. So I'm glad. I'm happy. Happy. You got any uh, You got any takeaways on any of those? What you think is going to happen? Anything like that? Yeah, I think if Spurs can get get those players done uh they they dramatically improve as a team i think gareth bale still got it and he shows it every time he plays for wales uh much like hamas i think he just needs game time and i'll show Mm -hmm. y'all how good he really is but like he'll with doherty leaving um it was vertongan and oh it was alderweld and eric dyer in the back i thought eric really yeah eric dyer yeah, that was it. Was Ben Davies? Holy shit! Yeah, Eric Dyer, Toby yeah. Alderweireld, and Doherty. Oh my god, Ben. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, you can't leave. You can't leave those two on an island like that, man. Uh, that only spells problems. And Ben Davies was. Um, he's not obviously as talented a player as Riley Hill, but he stays back and he he helps cover on defense. And if they got another fullback bombing up there. Uh, I don't know how that meshes meshes with Mourinho's style, but it's more talent, and that can never be a bad thing, especially after you get shut out at home in your debut. Uh, Arsenal locking up Aubameyang, great deal again. You know they they need to lock him up. 
Uh, it's funny to see he's convinced after 3 0 to fall. It'll be hilarious if they start dropping points right after this. But that's just yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That is, that, that's pretty rich. I like that. <laughs> yeah. it was, like you won the FA oh. Cup. Is this what it took? <laughs> yeah, the FA Cup, the McDonald's Shield, just yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. You want you want to talk about the US of A? Yeah. China? Yeah. Actually, a great weekend for um, the Americans abroad. Uh, so I want to start off with Tyler Adams. You know, he played a new role for uh, Leipzig as. Nagelsmann calls it, he calls it the uh, quarterback of Leipzig. So, you know, Tyler Adams, a quarterback, which a lot of Americans will resonate with. A QB? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and one man of the match, so great performance from him. Uh, still very young, as we all know. Just great. And then another German youngster was Josh Sargent. Picked up a man of the match in uh, the DFB Pokal. Uh, had a nice-headed goal and a uh, he's off to a flyer. I mean, it's only preseason. It's only a fourth division club or a fifth division club, but goals are goals. And you love to see it from Americans. So uh, that, that was the, those are the German boys. And along with Julian green, getting a goal and an assist 25. Julian green. Love him. What a goal. Uh, Yeah. What a goal. What a player. What an assist. What a man should be in the national team. (sighs) Who's Christian rolled on. Who's will trap. I don't want to see these guys ever again. Unless Julian Green's in front of them. So good, good, uh, good German, good German week for them. Uh, oh, you see any of uh, Weston McKinney's Weston McKinney's film in the Hoover uh, scrimmage? I, d- I did see some highlights. Uh, didn't really care about the play too much because he was in a Juventus jersey playing with Ronaldo. So I was just happy to see that. But yeah. uh, looked like he did pretty well. He did his job. Um, it's, you know, it's a good move for him. You know, Juventus need that type of engine in there. And McKinney can provide it, getting winning balls, doing all the dirty work that he loves to do. So promising, promising start. And he's playing with Ronaldo, which is so fucking cool. But know. you know, <laughs> like that. Like that's, that's hey, yo, here was his birthday. He was a happy birthday, Douglas Costa, the other day. Like, ah, this is crazy. It's awesome. He's there. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, uh, that was awesome to see. Awesome to see. You, you got any takeaways from the uh, from the play from uh, from him? Um, yeah, he, he looked really good in the highlights that I saw, you know, lots of energy and it looks like he's, uh, he, he's really coming to in his own, in his own, in that, in that ball winning role. Uh, yeah. he looked, he looked calm. He looked like he, he gets the tackle and he plays it up to the next guy in front of him, which, uh, if he can get great at that and we can have Tyler Adams also doing similar things as the quarterback for Red Bull Leipzig. I think that's going to be a really solid midfield going forward, especially given that, you know, like Gio Reyna said in his interview the other week, um, he said, you know, having Weston and Tyler in behind him allows him to play like a true 10, really free roam. And uh, I think that's going to be great for whoever is in front of them. They're just going to take the pressure off them defensively, win those balls back and give it to them, let them play. Yeah. You see Reyna's goal this weekend? Yeah, yeah. almost forgot about baby Jesus Jr. I mean... Oh my God. Free kick. Free yeah. kick. <laughs> I don't want to hear none of this nonsense that it deflected off a of whistle. That was his goal. I mean, that was Raina's goal. No ifs, ands, or buts oh, yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he looks to be a good player. I mean, Dortmund are trusting him. You know, Sancho's going to leave, I hope. 
so that'll open up space for him to play. And the more playing time America can get, the better. I mean, especially at a big club like Dortmund. So um, I think the future's his. And he's just got to grab it. So, yeah. Uh, another name that uh, milestone in the history of American soccer this weekend, Conrad De La Fuente became the first ever American soccer player to appear for Barcelona's first team. And he had a goal called offsides. I'm trying to figure out the ref's name so I can go egg his house. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, a great goal, great link-up play from Trincao on the cross. Just the stuff he's smiling, shed a tear too. But amazing how he was able to become the first American to uh, ever premiere for Barcelona's first team as a teenager. Just the future is bright with that kid, real bright. You think he gets any 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 significant playing time in the regular season? Um, tough to see. I mean, he did get a got a good chunk uh, yesterday when he played, or a couple of days ago when he played. But it's tough. You got guys like Dembele, this dude named Messi, um, all those types of yeah, people. That guy's pretty good. Yeah, I heard about him. Sounds right. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully he gets some game time. And if he is getting game time in this stacked attack, I mean, that speaks volumes to what this kid is capable of and what he's currently doing. It's it's exciting, it's exciting. So I hope, and then yeah, just hope. I hope for him. Hope for him. But it's really crazy. Very twenty twenty. We got a guy playing with Ronaldo, and we got a guy playing with Messi. Who would have thought? If you told me this five years ago, I'm like, shut, sh- bro, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Who? Yeah, we got, we got pool sick and we're happy with it. <laughs> now we got guys everywhere. This is yeah. Dope. It's like a dream. Can't wait to wake up from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next time they play Mexico and we, and we lose. Yeah. Greg out. Greg, Greg out. out. Yeah, we got to push that out. more on here. We got to push do. that we, a lot more. Yeah. Greg Borhalter, you need to get out. Anybody involved with the MLS, get away from the U.S. international yeah. team, except Darlington, uh, no, not Darlington Nagy. You get out. Daryl DK. <laughs> yeah, Daryl DK. You can come Absolutely. on board. Get, get your ass out of America. <laughs> come on board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we're totally anti Greg here. So we don't want to hear it at all. Hate that guy. Columbus <laughs> crew is starting. I swear, if Jesse Zardin starts the next USA game, man. Woo! Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Get ready for that podcast if it happens. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Volume on low, headphones off, and you'll still be able to hear us. <laughs> It'll be crazy. Oh, and how could we forget, but Reggie Cannon made his uh, debut for his new club this week, and I believe it was in a friendly. He started the match at right back and got the opening goal. So hmm. uh, he's moved to the Portuguese first that. division club, Bovista. I think they're first division. Yes, they are. They are actually the most successful first division club in Portugal besides the big three. Wow. That is, that's cool. That's cool. And an American scoring for him. So I guess, uh, I guess he's, Future is bright. it's very bright. It's very bright. But then, than mine. Oh yeah. Much brighter than mine. You need a flashlight to see ours, but, <laughs> but speaking of needing a flashlight to see the brightness in it, we got some bad people to talk about. We'll start off with Tim Ream getting exposed, getting hosed, getting uh, – there's not enough words to describe how bad this dude played. But he'll still start next week. Uh, 
So that, that's never good. And then two people that were left, one was left off the 18 in general, and then another guy was unused sub. The person left off the 18 is DeAndre Yedlin, was not even on the bench for Newcastle in their win. And that's not good. He was someone that used to be a one of the good names on the team sheet that you would expect, and he's fallen pretty far. They just picked up Jamal Lewis and whoever started for them uh, this past weekend. I'm not sure what his name is. It is uh, Javier Menquillo. Uh, he he did pretty solid. Like nothing to nothing to shout about, but nothing to cry about, you know. So not good for Yedlin. And then Robinson, he'll get in. He'll get in. So not too worried there. But you got any takes on the uh, worst of the worst this weekend? Yeah, I actually didn't realize that Yadlin was left off the 18 entirely. That's, um, sheesh. Yeah, yeah. that's that's not a good sign, man. I, I mean, I think he's still going to compete for that right back spot in Team USA, uh, unless Dust really starts getting a lot of play time, really showing people what he can do. Yeah. But, um, damn, that sucks. Yeah, not, not a good sign. For one of, when he came <clears throat> through, he's one of my favorite players. You know, he's fast, energetic. Just fun to watch. Fun when he got yeah. the ball. So it's it's tough tough to swallow. But who knows? Maybe it's just one game. You never know if he was dealing with a knock. So we'll see. But not good. Not good. And like you said with the national team, Hill, the very least he could be solid right back depth with experience. He's already played in a World Cup, which a lot yeah. of the guys who were talking about were like preteens watching the last time the U.S. were in a World Cup. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, you ready to ready to pick the games this weekend? Hell yeah! Throw some money down. All right, yeah, throw <laughs> some money down. Uh, I actually like this slate this weekend. I think we got a lot of good games to pick. First off is a. I think this one is a gimme. I think you think this one is a gimme. Yeah. Everton at home versus West Brom. Mm-hmm. Who are we going with? Um. Uh oh yeah, Everton by a million. Yeah. Do you <laughs> wanna know what their odds are right now? I'd love to know. Minus one ninety. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Dude, uh, I, I'd go with the spread on this one to be honest. It's it's minus one at plus one sixty. I could see them winning a two nil, even three nil. Like I think they're just gonna take it to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's almost free money. Yeah. But definitely hammer that Everton money line. That's wow. <laughs> I don't understand that. All right. Uh next we got Leeds at home to Fulham. Uh <laughs> I mean they just four three to Liverpool, man. Gotta hammer Leeds on that one, right? Yeah. 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 You wanna know what their odds are? Oh god. Yeah, let's hear it. Minus minus one sixty five. I get it. They just came up, but wow. look what just happened. Look what just happened. That's that's stupid. That's yeah, <laughs> you gotta hammer that, man. Oh God. All right. Um, I know it's bad luck to bet on your team, but you gotta pick it. Man United, home to Crystal Palace. Who do you like? What do you think? Uh, I plead the fifth, <laughs> but uh, um, I think United will win. Um, it is their first game. Palace, I mean, they won. Cool. 
but United's they're United. Park that bus. They're yeah. going to park that bus against you guys. Yeah, United is a team that should win this game. You're United, they're Crystal Palace. Go get a win, and that's what I think they'll do. I don't know how many goals they'll score, because, again, they are United. Um, they love heart attacks, so they love making me older. But, yeah, I think, I think they should win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they should win the game. Uh, prop bet, I, I don't think I'm actually going to bet on this, but if you like getting frisky with your money, Bruno Fernandez to score a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going to park that bus. You guys are going to play in that box a lot. I think a penalty is likely to happen. And the man who scores them is Bruno. Hell yeah, baby. All right. Next game on the weekend. Uh, the Sunday night game, if you're in England. Sunday afternoon, if you're in the States. Uh, Arsenal at home to West Ham United. Um, uh, I like Arsenal on this one, but, but it's still Arsenal. I'm not all the way sold yet. Arsenal has lost me money on many, many occasions in the past <laughs> in games like this. So I would go with the over two and a half. If that's what the line is at, uh, I could see two, one either way, maybe Arsenal dominating again, another three nil, but I, I think, I think both teams will score. And Arsenal get get away with a win, but over two and a half to be safe. Don't want to go with that money line. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Next, we got Southampton at home to Tottenham Hotspur. Neither of which impressed this week. Who do you who do you like, if anybody? Um, I like Tottenham. I mean, talent. If you're just looking at it from a talent standpoint, their attack. Southampton, I don't know if they're going to be able to play the way they want to play, but mm. it's just Harry Kane, son. I doubt Mora has another bad game as bad as he did last time. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see. I do like Tottenham in this. I don't think it'll be high scoring. Um, but yeah, Tottenham, I think, can pull this one out. I don't have much faith in Southampton after uh, the loss they just took. So I'm going to go with Tottenham here because they did play a better team, Tottenham. And uh, kind of, and it was a closer game in my opinion. So I think Tottenham is uh, the pick here. Yeah. I, uh, I, I honestly would like Tottenham too in this one. Um, I'm really not too sure. Uh, I think, I think over one and a half goals, even though that's not great money, I think that's a good bet because, uh, in nine of their last 10 matchups, both teams have scored. Um, but I, just looking at the way they played, uh, Southampton is going to try and pass it out of the back, and then Spurs are going to press that. If Spurs do what Josie wants them to do, they, this should be a tailor-made game for them to win. And it could even get ugly, but Spurs just didn't look good. Yeah. Um, uh, look for look for uh, Kyle Walker Peters to be put in another body bag by Hyung Ming Son. Um, you know, I don't I don't really like the guy. He's a dirty player, low key, uh, but he he still got the moves, and I think he'll put some moves on on him. Yeah. Oh, actually, Nathan Redman, watch him, watch him this week, this week too, because Doherty is going to be bombing up, and Redman yeah. is going to maybe get a chance to actually do something with the ball when he gets a top left. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah. 
And you got to see what a back two Tottenham starts if they're going to go with that combination again, which was weird. You know, they it was like no Sanchez. Was he hurt? I don't yeah. think so. We got to see what Spurs does. Mourinho's a wild card. So, yeah. Still like, yeah. oh, yeah, you got to look at those lineups. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we got Newcastle at home to Brighton. Um, under two and a half goals. No, I don't think there's a lot of goals in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Six. There's a streak of six games now that under two and a half has been the case. I don't think that changes. But if I had to lean to a winner, then I probably... I I think I like Brighton a little more in this one because I, I think they're more clinical up front than West Ham is and they, they can at least get a point, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of, again, toss-up, major toss-up, probably one of the bigger ones we have this week. But um, I kind of like Newcastle. I mean, they scored two, kept a clean sheet against a team that was around on par with them. And Brighton, I would put in that same category around on par with Newcastle. But it's tough because they played two teams that are so different in talent and just the way they play, everything about them. So it's a tough one to call. But if Hendrick Hendrick can play like that again, if Wilson can bag another goal two games running, uh, all things are possible. But I don't know. This is a tough one, but I'd say Newcastle. Yeah, I, I definitely like the the under two and a half more than anything else. I yeah. probably won't even go with a winner in this game. Leave that money line alone. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, next, probably, maybe not the game I'm looking forward to the most, but the game a lot of people are probably looking forward to the most. Chelsea at home to Liverpool. Um, pff, honestly, I mean, depending on who Chelsea plays – and I, I think they could they could get something out of this, but I think the safer bet is over two and a half. I think there's going to be goals in this game. I think it's going to be another good watch. If Leeds could play their way through that defense, then I think the hundreds of millions of dollars of signings that Chelsea has, if Pool Six starts, if if uh, if who, who's up, Ross Barkley, uh, uh, his cheek. Yeah, lost his cheek. If he yeah, if play. he's not if he's not up top, someone actually who's a striker or like a wing player is actually up there. I think they got a chance. I think there's going to definitely be goals in this game, though. Right? Uh, yeah, I agree. I see goals. I see goals. Um, I don't know who's going to win against Tossum. I, if it comes down to it, if Pulisic isn't on the field, and if Thiago's not on the field, I think if either one of those guys aren't there, I think it's Liverpool's game. But if one of them are there or both of them are there, I think it changes it completely. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Chelsea can pull it out there. But, again, this is one – a lot of goals. There's a lot of goals I see. So I would take the over. But uh, the, to pick a winner is kind of tough. But if I had to pick one, I would say Liverpool. Yeah, it's definitely tough to pick a winner. I, I, I like the over. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Be a fun game to watch, though. Next, yeah. we got Leicester City at home to the boys, the Mongoloids, Burnley. Um, 
I don't see a lot of goals in this one. I like the under two and a half in this one. Um, this is probably my bias speaking, but I think Newcastle, I mean Burnley, <laughs> could get out of here <laughs> with a zero zero. I, I think this could be a draw. Um, Leicester had two penalties called on them, and um, it took till almost the hour mark to break down West Brom. It's going to be a lot harder to break down Burnley. And Burnley's not going to play into their hands and go try and get this game. They know what they are, and they know who Leicester is. So I think they're going to pack it in, and I don't think there's a lot of goals, if any, in this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely see a draw. Um, I think it's going to be a draw, like you said. I don't think it's going to be, but I can very well see one. Um, Leicester's a better team. Burnley are always tough to break down. Uh, going to be a boring game. I don't see a lot of goals, so I do like the under. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick a team on this one. But if you had to, I'd say Leicester. But not, not a confident Leicester pick on that. I think it could very well be a draw. Yeah, Leicester's definitely the better team, for sure. Um, next, we got Aston Villa at home to Sheffield United. Um, if, I mean, hey, if, if you gave me this last season – uh, I, I, I'd go with Sheffield United. Um, but after seeing how they played last week, I don't know anymore. I Honestly, this game's a tough call for me. Um, I, think, I think I like both teams to score. But as for picking a winner, I, I don't really know. I, 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 think, I think both teams score, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, last year it would have been easy Sheffield to pick, but you, you don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know how Villa is going to come out in their first game of the year. So it's a, it's, it's a tough one to call. I do like both teams to score though. Um, yeah, this is, this is another tough one. I'm honestly not even sure about an over under in this. I think yeah, it's, it's a toughie. It's a toughie because you can easily see two, one, you could easily see one nil. You can easily see nil, nil. So mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah, this, I, honestly, d- disclaimer to, to our listeners, stay away from this game. If, yeah. if that was any indication, yeah, no idea what's going to go on. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, she- Sheffield's undefeated in the last four, but uh, this is not that Sheffield to, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last game of the weekend, a team that I fucking hate playing. <laughs> Why do we have to open up against these guys? (laughs) Why do we have to open up against them? We have Wolves against Man City. Um, Wolves have won three in a row against us. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And the last time we beat them, they got a red card. We won 3-0 and Wolves had a red card. And that same season, we drew them 1-1. And, you know, every time we play these guys, you know, it's like 70-30 possession. We shoot the ball three <laughs> times as many times. But they they sit back on us and they play Adama Traore out wide in like a strikerish kind of role. And they catch us. They catch us a few times a game. And this Wolves attack is more menacing than I think the, they are in years past because Podence is coming into his own. They still got Neto and Jimenez. 
Uh, Nefesh didn't even play that much last last week. I think he'll play more this week because they're really going to try and push that long ball. And the Dama Traore still gives me nightmares. Uh, Kyle Walker's an asshole. He's a fucking asshole. Who's going to be at left back? Honestly, man, like... Probably a right back. Probably a right back. Probably a right back. I don't want to say this. It really pains me. But, like, <laughs> in my gambling soul, I think you should take the Wolves double chance. It's, it's, it's good money. I'm going to look it up right now. I think if, if it's plus money, then, like, fucking take it. Don't look back either. Because, like... The odds are just in your favor. Like you heard, you heard the history. Yeah. Oh my God, wolves are plus six hundred. Who makes these? The double <laughs> chance for wolves is plus one seventy. It is plus money for something they have done four out of the last five games. Take it, just take it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly on that. Wolves are a tough team. They're a tough team to play, and Pep loves to tinker. Pep loves to overthink. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh and it's City's first game too. Yeah. So since you're, you're gonna yell fucking flame out. Yeah, so you don't know how they're gonna come out. Wolves riding high. Uh it's it'll probably be a good game to watch, but yeah. It, uh, the Wolves double. City's chance. always a good watch. You know, yeah. City City's gonna take it to Wolves. They're going to shoot the ball. There's going to be four or five times where it hits the post or where Patricio stands on his fucking head to make a save. Yeah, or Sterling misses a sitter. They're going to get in that one time. They're going to get in that one time. We're going to be so far caught out. Ederson's going to be like 10 meters out the box, and then like Adama Troy just can literally dribble it in. I, I see it. I see it now. I don't think this game goes well for us. Not a good start to the season for the citizens. Nevertheless, we'll bounce back from it. But, uh, Wolves is a tough first out, man. Real tough. Yeah. That's it for the games, right? Yeah. That's a, that's it for all these games. And uh, back on the transfer front, as we have some breaking news, as reported by the trustworthy Fabrizio Romano. Uh, he is. To quote Jonathan Barrett, who is, in fact, Gareth Bale's agent, has Ooh. said, Gareth still loves Spurs and we are talking. It's where he wants to be. So, Tottenham are in talks to sign Gareth Bale from Real Madrid. Daniel Levy have asked, has asked uh, about Bale during the negotiations for Relayon. So, they're starting to get a foundation under this Bale, de- uh, Bale deal. And uh, on the other side of the transfers that we were talking about earlier, Jaden Sancho. Uh, barring a catastrophic collapse of all transfer talks, all verbal agreements, and all numbers that have already been said between the two clubs, Jaden Sancho will be a Manchester United player before October 5th is the big report that came out six minutes ago. So um, we break it first. You hear it first here. So, uh, yeah, just some, some big news to close out the show. Uh, wow. Yeah. So keep an eye out on that. Definitely keep an eye out on that. You heard it here. Sancho's already a red. All right. Buy his jersey, number seven. Wow. That is – if Spurs get that deal done, I I think it'll be good for him. It'd be weird to see a a Mourinho team with so much attacking talent, even at the – not not even weird. Look, it's – don't yell at me for saying this because I'm not trying to compare these two teams because one is obviously so much better than the other. 
But I actually forget. I was going to say something about his Chelsea teams, but they were just so fucking good. That, that's stupid. But yeah. it, it, I think the play style will be similar in that they're they're going to go at teams more because he's not going to be able to sit back with the squad. Like that's just no. not in the DNA. That's not who they are. So you're going to see oh, a wow. new Mourinho, I think. Wow. If this goes down. Mora, Bell, Kane, and Son. That's a uh, that's serious. That is serious. We might see we might see old school Mourinho. We might see a uh, a trouble Mourinho. We might see the uh, the special one if this deal special happens. One. Yeah. So, yeah. Balls in your court, Levy. Go spend that money for your boys. Hell yeah. Or don't. Or you're going to hear don't. him bitching. You're going to hear him bitching. Oh, yeah. Those press conferences will be great. Dude, imagine this falls through. <laughs> well, what Mourinho uh, is going to say? Oh, it's I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, bud. All right. You got anything else today? No, no. I think, uh, I think that's it. Enjoy the soccer this weekend. Yep. And, uh, Enjoy the soccer this weekend. Uh, thank you for everybody that listened to last yes. week's episode. Big so thanks. Absolutely unreal. Way more listeners than we expected. Um, yeah. So shout out you guys for, for making this more fun than it already is, you know? Yeah, that was awesome. Awesome. Can't thank you guys enough. We're going to keep pumping out content, so uh, keep listening, please. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> keep listening for these transfer bombs. You, you heard yeah. them. Jaden yeah. Sanchez by October 5th. Take it to the Dayton bank. Sanchez, take Put a mortgage bank. on it. Two mortgages. Two mortgages. Go ask your parents for their mortgage. Put it on the till. Everything. Woo! Don't actually do it just in case, but like, is that, is that serious? It's, it's inked. <laughs> it's inked. It's inked. Pen to paper. All right, bud. Have All a right. beautiful rest of your day. You do the same. You do the same. Peace. Wake up, 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 wake up